grace and peace and God's blessings to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, every year, Thanksgiving holiday provides us with a chance to stop and count our blessings, appreciate what we have, and to give thanks to God for all the blessings that have filled our lives. And how perfectly do we do just that? For nothing speaks to us of blessing more than time off, delicious food and desserts, and precious moments with family and friends. And that's really what Thanksgiving is. All of these wrapped together. Now, traditions vary, of course, family to family and year to year. And the celebrations evolve over time. They're not always the same, but they're always similar. When I was a kid, we would normally gather at my grandma and grandpa's house. And while I don't remember everything that happened there or all the food that we had, I do remember that the table always had a little boat filled with cranberry. There was turkey and ham and potatoes and lefsa, and I almost doubt it, but I'm almost positive there was always lutefisk. Yeah, we're hearty. And then, after Catherine and I married, the celebrations changed a bit. Thanksgiving wasn't with my family, usually. It was almost always with her family and her extended family. It became a big family gathering almost every year that her grandparents would gather up as many cousins and aunts and uncles as they could find and hosted Thanksgiving at the country club. It was pretty nice. And now, in Sioux Falls and in recent years, we've begun hosting family and friends in our own home in a smaller kind of way, but still around that same table that I shared with my grandparents when I was a kid. We now have that in our home. But we don't serve lutefisk. We're not that hardy anymore. The people, the places, and the circumstances change for us over time, but every year we pause and we all give thanks. And for us, giving thanks is to God for these blessings. But let's be honest for just a moment. Thanksgiving may be about time off and family and friends, but really it's about the food, right? We all know it. Don't try to pretend it's not. It's the food that we spend days preparing. We're watching over the, the, uh, uh, the, the specials to come up so that we can stock up for it. It's the food that we think about when we line up the days to come and we plan out our eating so that we can eat a lot tomorrow. And when it comes right down to it, the food is our great fear. Because ruining the food is like ruining Thanksgiving. It's almost the same thing. And so we have to have everyone's favorite dish, which is why we end up with four types of gravy, five varieties of meat, six kinds of pie for the seven people that are eating dinner. <laughs> you know what I mean. But this also gives us a chance to thank the cooks and the bakers who work through all this pressure and stress to make sure everyone is fed and eats abundantly. 
which also makes a lot of sense because food is right at the heart of what makes life for us. It provides energy and nutrition and even, seriously, social interaction with family and friends. We go out to eat more than we ever did just to spend time with one another. And yet we all know people who struggle with hunger and don't have enough to eat. And when your main search every day is for food, just enough food to stay alive, well, there isn't much energy or time to think or do anything else. Food is that important to us, which is why we pray for daily bread, right? Well, in John chapter 6, right before our gospel reading this evening, Jesus fed a crowd of 5,000 hungry people. They were gathering also for a festival holiday, a Passover meal. This is a celebration centered around a meal that God told them to do in order to remember what he was about to do in providing freedom and salvation for his chosen people. But of course, when people are hungry, they cannot hear even really about what God is doing or what God will do for them or what God has promised them. They hear really only their empty stomach grumbling, speaking, bothering, feed me, feed me, I'm hungry. The voice of the belly is that loud. It never stops. And as we heard in the gospel reading that we heard tonight, it doesn't matter if it's empty or full. It just keeps speaking, fill me more, eat more. You might run out. You'll never have enough. So first, the people were hungry and Jesus fed them miraculously so that they were all filled up with just a little bit of food. God providing what people need out of nothing out of his grace and abundance. And then when they were filled, they said, where did he go? Don't let him get away. We want to be filled again. So they seek him out, even at the other side of the lake, not because they saw the signs or heard Jesus' good news word of gospel, but, like he said, because they ate their fill of the loaves. They were being driven by their stomach and their fear. Find him. Find him. Don't let him get away. Their bellies had found an easy food source, like a roadside convenience store along the highway or an all-night vending machine just down the, down the street. Don't let him get away. Seek him out. Hunt him down. Find him. Demand from him what we need. Tell him of our worries and our fears. Make him fill us again today. And all we have to do is figure out what we must do in order to keep the gravy train pouring out for us. What do we need to give him in order to fill our bellies, to keep its voice from overwhelming us? But Jesus saw right away that 
that, uh, uh, that they were going to be demanding of him. They were going to try to make him into a king and tell him how to, how to serve them for, forever. But he sees right through it. They're not looking for a savior. They're not looking for eternal life. They are trying to find a vending machine to serve the belly that keeps speaking and keeps them worrying. But Jesus didn't come just to fill us with food that perishes. The stuff that's here today and gone tomorrow, that's in short supply that there's never enough of. But he has come to bring to them eternal food, the gift of God that endures through all circumstances, be rich or poor, hungry or filled. The gift of God that goes on forever, filling us with eternal life. The people, of course, look back into their history and they remind Jesus that their ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. Every day, God gave them the food, but don't they see that the manna became what they trusted in? The manna was what they were serving, not hearing God saying, I will get you through. If you die in the wilderness, I will get you through. I will bring you to that promised land. It's not the manna that's doing it. But food speaks to us. And over years, you get used to eating the manna, and they started to get even mad about it. Do you remember this? They got angry about the manna, and they wanted something else. And so God said, fine, you want quail? I'll make you eat quail until they were sick of it. The daily food was abundant, but not eternal. Here today, gone tomorrow, never knowing what will come next. But Jesus is telling them, that's not what he is. He's not manna from heaven. They know exactly who he's going to be. He is the true bread that comes down from heaven in order to give his life to the world. His own eternal life as a gift. Not because you sought him out. Not because he made you feel full. But to give you this gift in every circumstance that you would have God's blessing in the good times and in the bad. Not work on your part, working in order to earn or find or receive and garner that which you can't make yourself. It sounds kind of like a deal, a good deal after all, a gift that would come. But it means one thing. It means silencing the belly that keeps on speaking to you. The belly that's never satisfied, that's always looking for the next meal. Jesus is saying, it's not bread and fish or pie or desserts or all that comes on the Thanksgiving table that is our life. But Jesus himself is our life. Jesus, not food or anything we buy or consume or earn, is what and who sustains us daily. Eating, living, believing His promise is life. But this returns us back to Thanksgiving. 
For now, if Christ is our life and he gives it abundantly, if we have nothing to do except hear and receive his goodness and blessing, then with the belly silenced, we have nothing left to worry about. For when food and family and friends are here or gone, we can give thanks. We can rejoice in every gift and blessing that comes from God, even the things that we're missing. So our favorite pie might be there or not. We can give thanks even for the burned rolls that got cooked five minutes too long. Or even Lutefisk for Thanksgiving. We pray and ask God for our daily bread for all the things that we need for this life, even as we enjoy rest as a gift from his family, from his hands. And while our family is together and food fills the belly, we give thanks that God in Jesus Christ gives us peace that surpasses all of our understanding and that it has come to us again this night so that in knowing of God's goodness given to us in Jesus Christ, we would never again be hungry or thirsty for more. Amen.